and things that would hasten your soon return. And Lord, if this is an opportunity not just to be a spectator, but if this is an opportunity to kind of put ourselves into the potter's hands and allow you to shape and, and remake and, and make us sharper tools for your kingdom, then we ask that you would do whatever it takes. Please fill us with your Holy Spirit. Make the best use of the time that we have in this fresh morning. And we thank you for your new mercies today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Right at the very top of your handout, there's a little box. Um, there's a little box that says, Our Vision. Our Vision. And, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been trying to memorize our mission statement. But uh, this, this is actually in our bulletin, too. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's Our Vision. And it says simply this. Maybe you can read it with me. Our vision is to belong to Christ in a healthy church family where every member is valued and loved, thoroughly equipped, and joyfully involved in linking others to Christ. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good vision, wouldn't you say? Uh, in other words, when we are accomplishing our mission, which is to reveal Jesus Christ to the world now in preparation for his soon return, then we ought to have this as a result. We would belong to Jesus. We would be in a relationship with him in a healthy church family where not just a few, but every member. Every member is valued, loved, thoroughly equipped, joyfully involved in linking others to Christ. And so this training is really simply part of that. Maybe you're asking yourself, why training? Why, why are we doing this anyway? Um, essentially, we're, we're picking up our cue from Jesus. Okay, this is Jesus' model. Jesus did not just get a whole bunch of guys around him. He didn't just get a whole crowd around him and press the download button and say, here's information, you take it, good luck, have a nice life, right? <laughs> Jesus modeled uh, a, a form of training and instruction where he actually gave them instruction. He showed it to them and through demonstration, he modeled it, he gave them application, he even gave them times to debrief with him and evaluate. So this is Jesus' model. This is what we're up to. This is why we train. Um, Jesus values the process of growth. And so this is more than just say, hey, would you be, would you be involved in this ministry? Good luck. All right? <laughs> we want you to feel like, okay, this is a call from God, and he's going to give me whatever it takes to do it. So that's why we're training. Another reason I would say why are we training, um, I, I want to create here at Parkwood, I think God wants to create a, an, uh, how would you say this, an environment of excellence. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that? I mean, you can, you can kind of tell when things are put together and it's well-meaning, but it's not necessarily well-executed, yeah? And it's not to fault anybody that does that, but we want to create an environment where we say, hey, look, we want to give God our best. And so let me put myself in a position where I can be honed and sharpened create an, an environment of excellence. And uh, we may not be able to provide the specific training for, you know, um, like in general, we, we can't necessarily do like seminars where, all right, this is how you turn the AC up, do, 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 you know, as specific as that. But we can do things across the board where, um, where we can at least encourage the training mentality. Okay, and so this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to create an environment of excellence and hopefully, um, hopefully this leadership training thing isn't just a one-time show, all right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the other question on your handout is this, why training on spiritual gifts? Why even train on spiritual gifts? I'm gonna show you some information that nobody else has ever seen. Well, except for me and maybe somebody in Michigan, okay? <laughs> um, here it is, why are we training? Why spiritual gifts? Uh, a few months ago, our church did something for the third time 
we took a survey called Natural Church Development, okay? And Natural Church Development is a worldwide research project, interdenominational, and it looks at growing churches and finds eight common characteristics of all growing churches. They've boiled it down to these things on the bottom, empowering leadership, gift-based ministry, etc. I don't know if you can see that very well from where you are. But uh, we got these results back. I got them like right before camp meeting, and I I had to close my eyes because I had to focus on camp meeting and um, all these kinds of things. But one of the things that it tests on is gift-based ministry. In growing churches, ministry happens not just, you know, because someone says to do it, but ministry happens based on your spiritual gifts, okay? And you'll notice it's the second bar right there. Gift-based ministry, our score was 57, which is just above median. Uh, Not bad, not like uh, off the charts or anything like that. But what I wanted to point our attention to is this is a breakdown of the 11 questions that relates to gift-based ministry, okay? Now, you, I don't know if you can see these questions up here, but notice what the lowest one is. Where, where do you guys see it? I know my gifts. Yeah, right there. Question 46, I know my spiritual gifts. That was the lowest of that kind of category. And so it, this kind of alerted me to this, well, okay, this is relevant stuff, okay? <laughs> maybe we're guessing at our gifts, or maybe we're allowing others to tell us what our gifts are, but do I know? what God has gifted me to do. And that's something we want to remedy. You'll notice, actually, it's not just that it's a low score. This is actually 31 points lower than what it was last year. So I don't know, maybe we just picked an odd sampling uh, last year. I don't know. Anyways, here's here's the point. Um, It's not just that it's low, it's that it's it's lower. Okay? And notice also this one, uh, number 62. I enjoy the tasks I do in church. Um, this, it's, the score is nice, 53, but it's actually, let me see if I wrote this down, it's actually 25 points lower than it was last year. So somewhere along the line, maybe we're not having as much fun as we should. <laughs> okay, let's laugh a little bit more, let's ease that, no. Uh, sometimes joy is related to, I am a square peg trying to be fit into a round hole. You know, I've got these gifts, but I'm not being employed in the ways that I, that I want to. And there's actually a question that kind of matches that. The tasks that I perform in our church match my gifts, okay? And for that one, that's actually 19 points lower than it was last year. So these things kind of alerted me like, okay, this is relevant stuff. Let's train on spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not trying to give right now an accurate diagnosis of the issues. Maybe we can work that out in our next training, okay? (laughs) Um, But I just want us to bring this up so that we can become aware of our need for spiritual gifts training. Are you, are you sensing the need right now? Yeah? I hope so. Um, and if maybe you're not the one that says, I don't know my gifts, maybe you actually do, but there may be people in the pews next to you, not necessarily here today, but there may be people in the pews, there may be people in your Sabbath schools, in your small groups, that have no idea what their spiritual gifts are. They've never even heard of spiritual gifts. And this training may be something that you can actually converse with them about help them along, mentor them. Does that make sense? Yeah? So if you're feeling, hey, I know what my spiritual gifts are, great, praise the Lord, let this be an affirmation. If you have others that don't know, then let this be a tool that you can use to bless them with, okay? So that's a little introduction. We're going to go into some Bible basics. Our, our um, structure of the next hour and a half plus, I'll say plus, <laughs> we'll, we'll stop at noon by the grace of God. Um, our, our structure for our time is simply two parts. One, discovering our spiritual gifts and to directing our spiritual gifts, okay? First part, discovering. Second part, directing. 
And so let's, um, actually before we j dive into this, can you just find a partner near to you and pray? Pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now. Pray that God would, um, would help us identify what we need to identify today. So let's take some time to pray. Ready, set, go. <clears throat> Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Father, right now we are thankful that um, even when we recognize our need, um, it just gives us greater reason to run to you. And so, Lord, we know that our church family and us individually, we are in deep need of the Savior. So please, uh, cause us to turn our eyes to Jesus this morning. Thank you for the freshness of this day. And I pray that you would really uh, enliven our energies and our focus, that we might truly be uh, shapeable, teachable, and um, man, that the things that we would discover today would not just be a blessing to us individually, but it would translate into souls one for eternity. And so we thank you, God, that you can do this, because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You've had your prayer partner. Um, maybe you've had two prayer partners for 75 seconds. I want you to work on one simple task as a team, as a pair, or threesome, whatever you got, okay? Here's the task. Give a one-sentence definition of what spiritual gifts are. And don't cheat by looking at the... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> give a one-sentence definition. Give a one-sentence definition. What in the world are spiritual gifts? 75 seconds to work it out as a team. Ready, set, go!
30 seconds. some furrowed eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Ten more seconds. It's okay. It doesn't have to go into the Bible encyclopedia or anything like that. <laughs> All right. Let me hear just a little bit. What, what were some things that came up in your conversation? What is a definition or even just a description of what spiritual gifts are? Anybody would like to share? Yeah. Helping others and giving your all. Okay, okay. Yes? Can we discuss natural abilities and talents from God that we need spiritually? Okay, okay. Natural abilities that are given from God to use um, for the blessing of others. Okay. Feeling comfortable giving someone else saying, hey, there is a God. Okay, okay. (laughs) Having a, a certain level of comfort in actually being able to share your faith with others. Okay. Very good. Maybe one or two others? Ability to teach or spread the word. Ability to teach or spread the word. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, the time was limited. Uh-huh. We came up with a skill given by God to empower his people for his people. Okay. Okay. Let's submit that to the SDA encyclopedia. Okay. <laughs> All right. So skills given by God to empower people for for his people. Very cool. I dig it. I dig it. Is there one more? Is there one more? Yes. To have the confidence to, not to help, but to be involved with what you do. Okay. Okay. So having those spiritual gifts actually results in having a certain level of confidence in being able to put those things to use. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Very good. Uh, good time just to take the pulse of where we're at. Um, sometimes, you know, I've been in conversation with people and like spiritual gifts? Like what in the world is that? Um, And so that's okay if that's where you are. If this is an educational first introduction to that, praise the Lord, okay? This is is the place to be. Now, um, we've got a verse up here on the screen. Let's read it together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And actually, this is just verse 7. I was trying to fit 11 up there, but it didn't fit. Okay, here we go. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay, very simply, um, the manifestation of the Spirit. This, this is something that we need to recognize. Let's l- outline five simple things from this verse alone. Okay, spiritual gifts are, first of all, of or from the Spirit. Okay, spiritual gifts are of the Spirit. Maybe that sounds a little bit redundant to somebody. Well, yeah, it's a spiritual gift, right? <laughs> spiritual gifts are of the Spirit. In other words, it's, it's evidence, manifestation, it's pointing, it's spotlighting the very fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in you, okay? So even before, maybe even before the question of what my spiritual gifts are is the question, is the Spirit actually living in me, you know? Have I been born again? And if I've been born again, then I've been born not just of flesh, but I've been born of the Spirit, all right? Which means that spiritual gifts are the privilege of everyone who has been born again, okay? And that's the next part. Um, Actually, it's not the next part. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Spiritual gifts are gifts. Okay, maybe that's a little redundant too, but they're gifts. Gifts are not things that you buy. Gifts are not things that you earn. Gifts are things that you receive. They're given to you, right? 
And feel free to, to take up all the white space on that handout that you want to. This is, I mean, I'm just, yeah, that was just to help uh, structure our thoughts today. But again, gifts are not things that we earn or muster up or grunt out. They may be things that we can cultivate. Spiritual gifts may be things that we can cultivate and pay attention to and invest in and grow in. But they are not things that originate with us. Um, like, there, like Anita said, they're skills. And Tody, I think you made a good distinction. They're natural abilities that are given by God. They're not naturally to me. And they may be, they may be, and maybe that's, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But I want us to recognize that, that spiritual gifts, the Greek word for gift is charis, which is also translated as grace. Grace is not something you deserve. Grace is something that you're given, right? So spiritual gifts are things that we don't, okay, I'm, not, I'm entitled to this. No, 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 it's something that God blesses you with, okay? So it's a gift, it's a gift. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay, third thing, letter C Spiritual gifts are for all believers, and then that last word is individually, for all believers individually. In other words, nobody is left out. The very fact that it says it's given to each one, and then actually this is where verse 11 would come in handy because it says that the Spirit distributes to each one individually as he wills, okay? The Spirit distributes to each one as he wills. Actually, if you have a Bible, go ahead and and um, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because you want to be able to see this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. And if you've got the red Bible from the pew, it's uh, page 875, if you're looking for it. All right. Spiritual gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. Verse 11. <clears throat> If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay. All right. This is page 875 in the, these red Bibles, if you're looking for it. It says this, all these, so speaking of all these spiritual gifts, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to how many? Each one, just as he determines, just as he determines. So keep that in mind. Again, this is, these are gifts that are given for all believers individually, meaning uniquely, meaning not everybody has the same gift. Amen, Amen right? And that's where in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking about the body of Christ. Not every part of the body is a hand. Not every part of the body is a nose. Where would the eyes be, right? Where would the feet be, etc. Okay, letter D. Spiritual gifts are for blessing others. For blessing others. In other words, Spiritual gifts are never self-serving, nor are they status-inflating. Spiritual gifts are never a reason to say, I've got this gift and you don't. Right? Spiritual gifts are for the blessing of others, not the tearing down of others or rising above others. Not for your own pride. Not for your own benefit, although when you use your spiritual gifts, you're going to benefit. You're going to be blessed by it. But it's not for that sake. It's not for that purpose. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, you have that cross-reference there at the top. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, it actually says that all these things are for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. The word ministry is actually service. It's kicking up the dust because you're moving so fast and serving one another. It's, it's ministry, service to others, giving of self, edifying, and building up the body, okay? So, you know, we talked about this, like, what's the difference between uh, my natural talents 
and spiritual gifts. One thing that I think distinguishes skills like these natural skills from spiritual gifts is one, recognition of the power, like where that source, like where that power actually comes from. And two, um, let me see if I wrote this down, recognition of the power and recognition of the purpose. (laughs) Did everybody follow that? When you realize that, hey, this skill is not from me, it's from God, that's, that's leading you towards an, an, uh, an acknowledgement that that's a spiritual gift. When you realize that that skill is not just for your own benefit and livelihood, but it's actually for the blessing of others, it's a service and ministry, you're starting to recognize something that's more than just a natural talent. It's actually a spiritual gift. Do you follow yes or no? Yeah? Okay, so spiritual gifts turn, I'm sorry, natural talents turn into spiritual gifts when you're willing to acknowledge that God gave it, and two, humbly submit it to God for his service. Yeah, you've got a question here. Or, can I say that for blessing others, is it? Can I say that it's sharing? Because it's the gift is given to me too, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're imparting it to others. Um, in other words, yeah, and I'm not saying that spiritual gifts, you're never going to get a blessing out of it. No, um, but the primary blessing is other-centered, not self-centered, Yeah. Uh, The last thing here, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are assigned by the Holy Spirit. They're assigned by the Holy Spirit. I like that part in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. The, The NIV says, just as he determines. In other words, it's God's design, not yours, or not others, or not the ministry placements team. (laughs) It's, uh, It's God's design. So this perspective actually sets us up to truly value not just our gifts, but other people's gifts. Yes, you've got I feel like A and E seem like the same answer, but when you say A is of the Spirit, does that mean these are character traits of the Spirit? Okay. You know, yeah, maybe another, yeah, maybe another word uh, instead of of would be from the Spirit. Yeah, from the Spirit. Sourced in, yeah, sourced in the Spirit. In other words, When the Spirit is dwelling in me, we ought to see spiritual gifts. In the same way, when the Spirit is dwelling in me, we ought to see fruits of the Spirit. Uh, We ought to also see gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so when when the Holy Spirit assigns these things, um, it sets us up to truly say, okay, my spiritual gift, um, it's not a drag. My spiritual gift, sometimes, sometimes people bemoan the fact that, oh, other people have that gift and I don't. Hey, what do you have? And what you have is God's will. Okay? God designed you uniquely for that. And you can celebrate that. And you can celebrate in others' spiritual gifts as well. So going back to that vision statement where every member is valued and loved, that's part of that. That's part of that. Recognizing, hey, God designed it this way. God designed it this way. So um, we can see the contributions each one brings to the table. And it's a matter of church health, really, in order to value each one equally no matter the apparent significance of their contribution, okay? So uh, we are equipping each one to be joyfully involved in this way. So spiritual gifts, plain and simple, um, it's from the Spirit. What did we say? It's from the Spirit. What's your list? From the Spirit or of the Spirit. They are gifts. They are given, okay. They are for all believers individually. They are... For the blessing of others, and they are assigned by the Holy Spirit. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Let's take two minutes, turn to your partner or, or partners, and ask yourself a simple question.
what have you heard so far, what stands out, and why is that important to you, okay? Um, this is a little perception check just to make sure that we're all tracking along, okay? So what stands out to you so far, and why is that important to you personally? Forty-five more seconds. If you want to, feel free to use that white space under letter E to jot down some things that are important to you. And uh, we will move on to our next section here. You're thinking, wait, it's not 11.05. It's because I've got something else. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, you guys ready for this? I am about to distribute. Actually, maybe I'll ask some friends of mine to distribute. I'd like to hear the why first. The why. Why do people think this is important? You want to hear? Yeah, I'd like okay. to hear some ideas. Okay, cool. Sorry. That's okay. Um, can you help me pass this out? Yeah. <laughs> Would anybody like to share? Um, what's important and why from the things that we've talked about thus far? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. This is against the grain of the ways of this world when you look at it like this. That's true. The, the world's educational system is, is geared towards saying, you've got to be better than everybody else, and it's up to you. You're self-made. Yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear any other responses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You've done this already. You're totally welcome to no, to do it again or to just keep studying and while we do this. Eddie, yeah. Well, what stands out to you for me is Eve. Okay. Okay, a sign. Mm -hmm. So we have a duty, we have an... Um, wow. There's an expectation from God's Spirit to actually put that to use. That's neat. Okay, thanks for sharing that, Eddie. Yeah. Amen. And we will receive a blessing from it. I Amen. don't care if it's washing the dishes in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. That's the Holy Spirit guiding us to do what we know and we like best. Sure, sure. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. 
One or two more comments. Yeah, Denise. Amen. Appreciate that. Last one. From your sermon last week, uh, God is partnering with humanity to, do, to reach humanity, and it gives us a responsibility. Sure, that sure. We ask yeah, yeah. That God is actually, you know, teaming up with us, not just because he has to, but because he needs us to, uh, that's kind of weird to say, God actually needs us. Um, <laughs> it's not because he can't do it without us, but he chooses to do it with us. Uh, through us. That's cool. Okay. All right, so what you have in your hand right now is a spiritual gifts assessment. Some people might ask, okay, so if spiritual gifts are so important and I need to put them to use, how am I supposed to discover them? Um, I'm not exactly sure there's one lock and stock way to do it. This might help, okay? So consider this a tool, but don't consider this the end all. Does that make sense? Okay. This is not your crystal ball that's going to tell you this is who you are, okay? Um, sometimes, sometimes these tools help us to point us in the right direction. Sometimes it's trial and error, putting ourselves in positions where we can put certain gifts to use. And sometimes it is the wisdom of the body around us that says, wow, I've seen this really exercised in you. I've seen this really powerfully manifest in you right now. And so uh, sometimes it, it can be a mixture of those things, but hopefully this tool will be helpful. Now, can I just borrow this for a second? So we're going to take the next um, till, till uh, I think, what did we plan? The next thing says 11 to 5. So what I wanted to do was to take 25 minutes for this um, and then allow for a break, okay? Um, during that break, Maybe you're not done, so you can keep finishing. <laughs> but here, here's the, the gist of this. There are 80 statements here uh, on this survey, and you can respond with numbers one through five. One being, this statement does not describe me at all. Five being, that is totally me. Okay, so you can kind of mark those statements one through five, and I would not overthink this, okay? When you, when you kind of read this, give your first response. I kind of timed it out, 80 questions. We, we only have maybe 15 seconds, 20 seconds per question on this, okay? So don't, no, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. And don't, don't feel like you need to ask somebody else, hey, what should I put right here, okay? <laughs> so, so go ahead, give honest first responses, marking it from one, that's not me. Please don't consider that me. And then five being, that is me. Good observation, yeah. Um, Todi is essentially saying, hey, there are certain things that are strong suits, okay? Things that have been cultivated or things that are just so, so ingrained and wired into who we are that these are the things that you're going to notice when you kind of map it out. These are going to be the things that peak when you graph it out on the, on the third page there. They're going to be the things that peak. There may be certain things that are a little bit on the lower side, and it's not to say that's non-existent in your life, but that maybe right now in this context, it's not what what's rising to the top. There have been certain times in my life where I've taken a tool like this and certain gifts that were strong back then, maybe 12, 13 years ago, are not gifts that I'm putting to use or needing right now because of the body of people that I'm surrounded by. Mm -hmm. Like when I was with the youth evangelism team, I didn't need to be the preacher teacher. 
I was the guy that was just kind of the support, making sure that everybody was finding their fit. And then here, you know, different contexts, different needs, those kinds of things rise to the top. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay, so I want to give you guys as much time as, as you need for this. Um, so, go ahead. Uh, if you'd like, I'd play some background piano music. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead and give an honest assessment and um, enjoy it. To explain what's in the rest of that, that large handout, on the back side, there's a glossary of sorts. Okay? So maybe you saw some GIFs on that graph, and you're like, what is apostleship? You know? <laughs> I didn't know faith was a spiritual gift, you know, those kinds of things. And so here on the very back page, it's kind of a short, very brief description for each of those gifts. And then in the bottom right corner, it actually kind of clusters those gifts into groupings that kind of um, perform the same general function, but in different, different modalities. So there you are. Um, this is a resource. It's a tool. It's, it's not to pigeonhole you, um, but it's supposed to help at least get the conversation going between you and the Holy Spirit. How have you gifted me? So I'm curious, did anybody find things in their profile that was like one of these, of course it is moments? Yeah. Is that anybody? Yeah? Oh, <laughs> so, so are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, did, did anybody um, have one of those moments like, I had no idea. Was that, um, were any complete surprises to you? Some, some that are inaccurate, is that what you're saying? Sure, sure, yeah. And it may be because of the way you interpreted the question or, um, yeah, I, I guess there are different reasons for that. Yeah. Did anybody else find inaccuracies similar to that? Kind of like, no, that's, that's really not me. <laughs> if you're not there, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gives it as he wills. <laughs> no, um, and so this, this is uh, supposed to be kind of a, an eye-opener in some ways, but um, obviously this is not the, the authority. So the Holy Spirit will convict and, and, and um, inspire. He may use this tool, he may not. But at least it can open up some conversation. Now some of us, like when I've given this to others, um, some have been concerned that their scores were all in the fives and tens. And they were thinking to themselves, I have no spiritual gifts, you know. And that's, remember, the Holy Spirit gives to each one as he will. So nobody's left out. Nobody's left out here. Um, <clears throat> the, the question is, am I making myself available to the Holy Spirit? That, that's the real question. And that may, be, that may be a relative thing just because maybe of inexperience. Maybe they're new to the faith and they just haven't had a chance to exercise some of these spiritual gifts. They've never been involved in a community where they can put these things to use. And so... Right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. And so um, what you're looking for is not necessarily what gets a score of 25. What you're looking for is what is higher relative to the others. So even if all your scores are fives or sixes or whatever the case might be, look for that seven. What's the seven? And hone in on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's relative not to other people's scores, not to this graph, but to um, the other the other dynamics in the profile. Any questions before we move on from this?
That's right. That's right. That's true. Right. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yeah. Actually, just on the way here, I was listening to that CD that maybe some of you got from the Ministry Volunteer um, Appreciation, and uh, the song that was on was God Doesn't Call the Qualified, He Qualifies the Called. Did you hear that? God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. And so He can, he, yeah, He can supply the need. In our weakness, His strength is made perfect. Amen. Good deal. All right, we're going to move on a little bit. Actually, before I do, before you leave today, um, I'm going to give you a chance to share your profile with, with me. Okay. <laughs> now, here's, here's the reason. What I originally, originally when I was dreaming up this, uh, you know, this training on spiritual gifts, what I wanted was a cluster of elders over here a cluster of deacons over here, the building and grounds, you know, et cetera. I wanted these ministry teams to kind of see, hey, what are your spiritual gifts? You know, because sometimes we may be involved in the same ministry, but have different spiritual gifts. And the reason is because it takes a team to perform that ministry cohesively and all together. So we may have, you know, uh, some teaching gifts in this ministry, but uh, there may be others on the, you know, mercy giving side of things. So how can we work together to actually co-op and perform the, the ministry of, of whatever it is that we're called to as a team? Anyways, so if you would like to share those results with, with me, I can share those results with your team leaders, your department leaders, and things like that. Um, and it's, again, this is, not, this is not about approval or getting an A or a gold star or anything like that. This is just about being more effective for God's glory. Is that okay? Yeah? So these will be in the back um, when it's time. And um, I'll just keep them right here just so I don't forget. So I can remind you guys about that. <laughs> All right. So we're ready to move on. Any other questions before we move on to factors for fine-tuning? Any other questions? Are, is this a valuable tool, yes or no? The, this, yeah? Okay. Now, again... This doesn't have to keep you in a hole for the rest of your life, okay? This doesn't have to be the eternal label that is, that is placed over you. Gifts, gifts may, may be given. Gifts may be strengthened. Gifts may be not needed at certain times. So, you know, three months down the road, three years down the road, you know, check yourself and say, hey, what is God gifting me to do? Okay, so moving on. Um, factors for fine-tuning. Actually, let me say something before I go on. <clears throat> um, we didn't, do, we didn't do very much of, like, the biblical teaching um, dynamic. You know, if you're interested in understanding more about spiritual gifts and evangelism styles and stuff like that, let me direct you to um, our church website. Let's see if it'll show up. And it won't. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> okay, let me direct you to our church website. If you've never been here before, go ahead and start getting familiar. It's actually a decent place for resources. Um, right here, this button, it says media. If you click, place your mouse over it, click on sermons. And there were some sermons that were presented here back in March and April 2014. Can you remember that far back? March and April, and um, the series was, I think it was uh, Revealing the Spirit's Presence right here. You probably can't see that. Revealing the Spirit's presence, restoring the work of ministry, restoring the spirit of ministry, 
fishing in style. All of these things, I think that'll be helpful if you're wanting to study a little bit more about spiritual gifts in general. So just a little plug right there. Okay, let's go back. Now we're going to factors for fine-tuning. Factors for fine-tuning. In other words, what are some other considerations besides knowing my spiritual gifts that helps me to understand how to direct my spiritual gifts? Okay, so first part of this training, we've been talking about discovering spiritual gifts. Now we're talking about directing them. So here are a couple of questions. What needs, <clears throat> what needs am I drawn toward? What kinds of needs am I drawn towards? In other words, what do you feel particularly burdened by when you see that around you and you just want to jump to try to do something about that? What are the needs around you? So when you hear somebody, uh, when you hear about somebody needing some food, you're like, oh man, I need, a, I need to do something about that. Or maybe it's not necessarily that, that uh, physical need. When you hear that somebody needs some encouragement, you, you, you pick up the phone right away. You know? What are the needs that you are particularly drawn to? Maybe it's money. Maybe it's need for comfort. Maybe it's need for counsel, a favor, an errand, a ride, an open door. You know, whatever it might be. Jot down a few things in that white space there. What are the needs that you are drawn to? What are the needs that you are drawn to? Just go ahead and jot down a few things. First few things that come to mind. When you hear about that, that is something that you feel a, a special heart tug towards, towards doing something about. Still brainstorming a little bit. Just jot down a few words, a few phrases. Here's the second one. Another factor, another consideration for how to direct my spiritual gifts. What kinds of people, what kinds of people am I particularly passionate about reaching? What kinds of people? Sorry, let's get it up there. What kinds of people am I particularly passionate about reaching? Now, obviously, the gospel is for all, right? And ministry, our blessing, the things that we have to offer, they can be for all. But we recognize that there are certain groups of people that we are, like we have a special passion for, okay? Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, the homeless population. Maybe it's the elderly, you know? Maybe it's uh, young people and children. Maybe it's professionals. Maybe it's immigrants. Maybe it's unbelievers, single moms, whatever, right? You have a particular passion to, to, to reach out to these kinds of people. Go ahead and jot down a few of those. A few of those groups of people that you really feel like a special desire to help. As you're thinking about these things, maybe other ideas will come into your mind later on, and you can use this handout just to kind of write some, some other notes to yourself. But um, are, you, are, you, are you guys actually able to think of some specific things, specific needs or specific people? Yeah? Okay. Okay, maybe some of you need a little bit more time to brainstorm that, and that's okay. Maybe you're kind of wide open to everybody, and that's, that's a gift too, okay? Um, you've just got this large-heartedness. That's great. Um, <clears throat> Oh, whoa, sorry. Where'd it go? Uh, oh, you can't really see it. 
So I don't know if you can tell this, but there are three circles that are supposed to be there. <laughs> um, the idea is this. Look, you've got this, now you've got an understanding of what possibly your spiritual gifts are, right? You've got an understanding of what possibly your spiritual gifts are. That's one circle. And you see the three circles there on your handout. Another circle might represent your, the, the people that you're passionate about reaching. Another circle might represent the needs that you're particularly drawn to. And where those three things overlap, that's what some might call the sweet spot of ministry. Does that make sense? Like when you, have, when you know that you have a passion for elderly and you've got gifts in the kitchen and uh, you feel particularly burdened when people are without food, whoa, where can I get a, a, involved in a Meals on Wheels ministry? You know, and that's, boom, that's my sweet spot. Does that make sense? Yeah? Um, there may be other things. There may be other considerations that, that we're not thinking about right now. Maybe there are five circles, six circles, uh, things that, you know, um, you might even add a personality style. <laughs> that might be a circle that kind of helps you figure out where your sweet spot is. You might add a fifth circle of evangelism style like how you actually feel most comfortable reaching out to people, whether it's just confrontational or maybe it's invitational, those kinds of things. Those are things that if you go to that website and uh, check out Fishing in Style, maybe you remember that presentation back in the day, um, that, that might be helpful. Anyway, so these circles, these are other considerations that help you to factor, okay, how can I now use my spiritual gifts? Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah? Okay. Dr. Libby, by the way, there's some handouts there on the music stand if you'd like. All right, so any questions about that before we move on? Any questions about this idea of fine-tuning? As you're thinking it through, can you actually kind of identify, oh yeah, I could use my spiritual gifts for these kinds of people to meet these kinds of needs. Is anybody actually starting to connect the dots there? Yeah, okay, okay, this is great. Amen. Yeah, that's true. You may find yourself involved in things, and now it's like, aha, of course. <laughs> or you may find yourself involved in things and think, why am I doing that? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit, what you can do when you're in that situation. Okay, um, so remind me to get to that. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes God just wants to grow us. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, back side of your handout. Back side of your handout. We're a little bit on the, the late side, but that's okay. Um, different gifts, different needs. I want you to notice a verse with me in 1 Peter chapter 4. I don't think we have it on the screen, so grab a Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4. You know what? I'm going to read it from this Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Sixteen thirty-two in the Red Bible. Oh, in the in that one. Okay, <laughs> in that seminar Bible. Okay, nine twenty-four in the Red Bible, the Pew Bible. Eight forty-three in my Bible. What's it? In? Okay, here we go. First Peter chapter four. If you're there, say I'm there. Okay, First Peter chapter four. Actually, let me just start reading in um, a few verses earlier. Okay, verse ten. As each one has received a gift, okay, there's that idea again, it's repeated, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
Now, I realize you may be reading in a different translation, so somebody read it from the NIV for me. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so a lot of the ideas of what we said, hey, spiritual gifts are for all the believers, from the Spirit, you know, for the blessing of others. It's all packed right in there. But what I wanted to notice was the last phrase, grace in its various forms. Did you catch that? The New King James says, the manifold grace of God. The Greek word here, it's many colors, many shades of the grace of God. Um, This is particularly powerful to me because that shows me that the grace of God is diverse, okay? What's really interesting is that Greek word for manifold or various forms, eight out of the ten references, it's used ten times in the New Testament, eight out of the ten occurs in reference to negative things like various diseases, various lusts, various false teachings, various temptations and trials, okay? So, by and large, this word manifold is in reference to things that are the result of sin. Sin in its manifold forms. We see that, you know, just turn on the news for five minutes. Oh, you've seen sin in its manifold forms, right? All these things are things that Satan throws at us or are the result of our own weakness. They're so varied, so nuanced, so complex. But here, God's grace is where sin abounded, Grace abounded much more. So where sin is nuanced and complex and and various, very colored or varied in color, so is grace. Why? Because grace is needed to meet the full spectrum of sin. The full spectrum of grace is needed to meet the full spectrum of sin. Does that make sense to you? Yeah? And so as much as sin, disease, temptation abounds in manifold complexity, God's grace abounds in its manifold power. And this This is why revealing Jesus requires revealing this full spectrum of his manifold grace. We we talk about revealing Jesus Christ to the world now in preparation for his soon return. Well, we need the, the, the full spectrum of that revelation, right? We don't just need some gifts to do that. We need all the gifts to do that. And because God's grace is many colored, the gifts we're given reflect that spectrum of variety. Okay, so this is really interesting. I'm going to show you something. Um, this is, uh, let's see, it's, it's not original to me. This is something I picked up uh, by a, an individual named James F. Engel. He put this out several decades ago. It's called a receptivity scale, a receptivity to the gospel, okay? So I want us just to see this because when we walk out into, you know, our neighborhoods or our families even, there are people at different stages of being open to the gospel, right? There are people that are like eager, ready and willing to hear whatever it is that you have to share. And then there are people who, are, could, who could care less, right? So on this spectrum, there are people that are way on this side who J.F. Engel, he describes as unbelievers, okay? Unbelievers, that is, they're asking, okay, I have these spiritual longings, but I don't want, I, I just want to get rid of the spiritual longings. I don't actually want to meet the spiritual longings. I just want to get rid of the spiritual longings. People who are, are far on this side, the negative side of the scale, they're, um, they're seeking to be set free. They're asking to be satisfied outside of God. How can I do it? <laughs> just, uh, just stop talking to me about him. You know, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. Then if you kind of take a step closer to being open, there's what J.F. Engel calls the opportunistic individual. An opportunistic person is aware of God, but does not... Sorry, guys. Okay. 
he's aware of God, but he does not consider God for his immediate survival. He looks to other things, she looks to other things for immediate survival. So their restlessness, they're asking, "Ah, how can I just get by? How can I just get by? Then there are people who are on the spiritual side of things. Their openness, you can see now, they've got these longings, but they're wanting to find spiritual interconnectedness from wherever it comes from, from wherever it comes from. Their restlessness is just to satisfy this desire for inner peace, okay? So now you can kind of see that they're moving a little bit closer to possibly considering the gospel. Do you follow that? Yeah? Okay. Then there are some who are individualistic. They're asking, how can I find meaning? They're, they're seeking to find meaning in the midst of all their chaos. And then there are some who are um, a little bit, I guess, we're, we're incrementally moving closer to being open to the word of God. These are labeled as traditional. Traditional. They have this sense that there's chaos. They have this sense that they can't do anything about it. So they're looking to, to something, to someone, and they're asking, how can I avoid being condemned? How can I actually be right with God? Now they have this mentality that God exists, that God is aware, that God wants a relationship, but, but they're not quite sure how to make that happen. So they're, they're seeking to be right with God. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, again, this, this guy, J.F. Engel, I'm not quite sure what um, theological persuasion he's coming from. Um, but a lot of times in evangelical Christianity, you may find a lot of fear-driven um, gospel preaching. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is, yeah, that may be an inaccurate or an accurate uh, perception there. Um, but on the very open side of things, we've gone from unbeliever all the way to now believer who's saying, okay, this is the gospel. I've accepted it, but now how can I be more like Jesus, okay? And this is, this is the person that's wide open to being discipled, okay? Wide open to being discipled, to being taught the word, to being instructed the word, to become like Christ, okay? So along this line, we've got people of various um, needs. Uh, you might also say along this line from unbeliever to believer, there are people with various barriers to God, And each of those barriers requires different methods or approaches to them. Does that make sense? So some people have intellectual barriers, and they're just going to need information that compels their intellect. Some people have emotional barriers, and they're going to need a lot of loving. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so all along this spectrum, we can use whatever labels we want to, but there are people along the spectrum, and we need grace along the spectrum. And that grace is found in the form of spiritual gifts through the body of Christ. So, um, there's something very interesting here, that when you look at the gifts of the Spirit, you'll see that gifts, certain gifts are really designed to meet certain individuals in their particular needs. So, for example, someone who's here on the traditional believer side of things, they're already asking questions. They're going to be wide open to someone like a Peter that says, you just crucified the Christ, okay? And they're going to be wide open to those gifts of exhortation, those gifts of discernment and teaching. Um, they'll be open to the teacher-type gifts who have some knowledge, some direction, etc., etc. Does that, do you guys follow that? Yeah? So when they're already at this level of openness, you know, the evangelist is going to be somebody that really satisfies their needs. Now what about somebody who's got emotional barriers, not just intellectual barriers? Is the prophecy seminar going to be exactly what meets their needs? 
Maybe not. Maybe the food will. <laughs> Do you follow? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe the love that's shared around the table will. Yeah. But as far as that specific message, I mean, hey, we can't underestimate the power of the gospel. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to label things like, um, indefinitely. <clears throat> but I just want us to recognize that some people have different needs. And some gifts are perfectly designed for those needs. Okay, so let's move along a little bit. Like if you just keep going here, there are some that just, you know, maybe they don't have super um, articulate gifts to be able to break down passages of scripture, but they can communicate what God has done for them. They don't have a very deep theology, but they have a butology. I was blind, but now I see. You know, they can tell their story. They can tell their story, and that, will, that would really be for somebody who's desiring spiritual meaning, desiring to, to have some sort of direction, and they say, okay, I'm not necessarily ready for a three-hour lecture, but can I hear your story, please? Okay? Um, there are other gifts that are more of the, the spiritual cluster. This is, just a, this is just a label. A spiritual cluster of wisdom, discernment, compassion. You'll notice that for each of these clusters, we've got gifts, we've got evangelism styles, and different biblical examples. So, for example, um, Andrew, or the Samaritan woman, these guys always brought people to Jesus. Like what we studied yesterday, Andrew brought who? His brother, right? Um, the Samaritan woman, she didn't have a deep theological training, she, but she did bring a whole city to Jesus. Okay? So these are, these are um, based on experience, based on gifts, and it meets different needs. Along the lines over here, maybe you've got mentor-type gifts. Okay? Maybe you're not... Um, necessarily articulate with your story, but you know what? You can come close to people and they can feel confident in you and just be that rock that they need in their lives. Like Abraham, um, we don't have a sermon from Abraham, but we do have little snippets that says, Abraham taught his household the way of the Lord. Like he, he just lived it by example. Do you follow? you follow what I'm saying? Okay, so there are mentor type gifts. Um, oh yeah, Daniel, perfect example. Daniel, it's not like he preached tons of sermons, but he lived an excellent life. You know, there was an excellent spirit that the kings, not just the Babylonian king, but also the Persian king, they, they saw this in him, okay? And then on the unbeliever side, where people are just hard up, they've got all kinds of barriers, not just intellectual, not just emotional, but willful barriers. They just don't want it. The servant gifts. Love melts the heart. You know? Unselfish ministry, no strings attached. Those gifts will at least melt those barriers so that they can move one step closer and find some other gifts, people who are ministering in the mentor type ways, who will take them one step closer. Does that make sense? Yeah? Um, the manifold grace of God. The manifold grace of God. So maybe you don't feel like, man, I am not Taj Pakleb. Anybody ever felt like that? Hey. <laughs> That's okay, because he's a link in the chain, and so am I. Amen. Where every member is valued and loved, thoroughly equipped and joyfully involved in linking others to Christ. Amen. We're all part of that link. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Go team. All right. So, um, maybe, maybe right now you are asking yourself, actually, what's, what's right here? Maybe you're, right now you're kind of finding yourself on this map, certain of your gifts. Now, not all of the gifts that were on your profile 
are actually up here on this map, so sorry that didn't all quite match. But you kind of get the gist, right? You kind of get the gist that, okay, my, my helping and mercy and serving gifts, those are more on the long, along the lines of the servant mentor. You follow that? Now, if I've got wisdom, knowledge, and teaching gifts, then I'm going to find myself more on the prophetic or, what is it, teacher side of things. Now, if you've got personal connections like crazy, <laughs> man, maybe God is putting you in the, the testimonial spiritual roles, okay? And when you identify that, then you can say, what are the needs that I'm particularly drawn to? Oh, it's those people that have some sort of longing, but they just don't know where to go, you know? Oh, what are the needs that I'm particularly drawn to? Oh, it's those people that have felt needs that just, I mean, maybe I can't give them a full-length Bible study, but I just want to bless them with something. Okay, so we're finding our fit, finding our fit. Now, let's see here, where are we in this handout? Some takeaways, some takeaways here. Hey, we're doing okay. Did I skip something? <laughs> any questions about this before I move on? Apparently I've got a little bit extra time. Any, any questions about this? Leave it up. Yes, I will. Um, any other questions? Is this helpful to anybody? Yeah? Yeah? Good deal. Good deal. There may be some of us here that are looking for ministries to get involved in. Um, oh, yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I can post this on Facebook or on our website, whatever, just give you the slides and stuff, too. Um, but yeah, there, there may be some who are looking for ministries to get involved with. And um, one thing that I would ask, or maybe you know somebody that has been around at church for a while, but um, they, they're not necessarily plugged into a ministry, and you think that they would really be benefited by getting involved with something. And so maybe you can start asking them, or having them ask, what... What ministries does Parkwood have that is along this spectrum? Like, where, where are the ministries? Say, for example, community services, okay? Where would community services be along this spectrum of, of uh, needs? Servant. Yeah, yeah, on the servant side of things, the servant mentor side of things, yeah, okay. Um, where would you say, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, uh, an evangelistic series, um, where would you say the evangelistic series primarily focuses its attention? Yeah, on the prophetic teacher side of things. Which means, by the way, you know, um, an evangelistic series is not the full picture of evangelism. Do you realize that there's stuff, you know, the stuff that we're doing weekly for community services is actually part of that link? Yeah? It's not like we just go from one evangelistic series to another and expect that's going to win souls. Because there are people that are on the other side of the spectrum that need to be moved forward. Okay, um, how about things like uh, Sabbath school? Sabbath school ministry. Where does Sabbath school ministry fit on the teacher side of things? Okay, um, any other ideas? Yeah, yeah. There's, cer there's certain dynamics of the fellowship there that you get to hear from other people as people are interacting, maybe before or after, or even during the class, and they're able to share, hey, this is what spoke to me, you know? Okay, yeah, they may not necessarily have all the questions formulated in their minds, but they have these longings, and you're pointing them in the direction that Jesus satisfies all. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, so that Sabbath school program isn't necessarily, I mean, yes, put on an excellent program, but be the kind of person that a young person can look to and say, that's someone I can be like someday. Yeah, powerful. Amen. So you can kind of imagine these different ideas and stuff. And, and so if someone is looking for a ministry to get involved in, maybe ask yourself, well, what gifts do they have and what ministries utilize those gifts primarily? What needs do they really feel passionate about and what, what ministries actually serve those needs? So if there's someone who is, I mean, here's a, just a very clear example. If someone has a strong burden for the transient homeless population, hey, Talk to Donna and Lorenzo, Lorenzo Anaya because they're starting a homeless ministry, right? Um, maybe you've got somebody that just has this desire to really make sure that, that people don't slip through the cracks and um, that people who haven't been here for a while still know that, that we love them. And so maybe team up with the deacons, deaconesses, elders who are involved in, in doing visitation ministry, you know, those kinds of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, cool. Um, so that's if, if you're looking for ministries to get involved with or maybe somebody else um, is looking for ministries. There may be a point where you say, okay, these are my gifts, these are my passions, but there's no ministry that exists for that. Maybe God is calling you to start a ministry. Or maybe he's calling you to team up with somebody with leadership and administration gifts that can help you start the ministry, right? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Now, there may be some of us here who are already serving, already serving in our ministries or our departments. We've been asked to serve in this role by the ministry placement team, etc. And we asked the question earlier, what if the ministries I'm involved with now don't match my gift cluster or my sweet spot of service? Take, it out. <laughs> <laughs> Take up your cross and follow me, Jesus. No. Okay. <laughs> There you go. Opportunity for growth. Okay, so these are possible responses, and I, 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 we laugh at it, but I think that those are very valid responses. See it as an opportunity to grow. You, God may know something about you that you don't. Isn't that true? God may know something about you that you don't. Yeah. Right. The other thing I would say is this. Here's another possible response. Look for creative ways that the gift cluster I do have could be used in that ministry. So let's say, uh, let's see, did I write down an example? Here, let, let me just read what I have. So though it may not be the primary gift set that is needed for that particular ministry, there may be specific roles within that ministry that rely upon the gifts that you actually have. Okay. So let's say, oh man, let's say you're a deaconess who is passionate about young, young teens, young, young girls, okay, junior high age. What, what's a deaconess going to do to serve, <laughs> you know, young teenage girls? Um, maybe through your service, you can involve a young person along with you as a mentor. You know, does that make sense? Look for creative ways to kind of use your giftedness, your style, and the ministry that you've been called to, to actually meet the needs that you feel passionate about. Yeah? Maybe God has called you to be part of the fellowship luncheon team, and you're not quite sure why. <laughs> you're like, okay, so use whatever gift that you've got. Maybe you don't have very great skill in the kitchen, 
but you can sure hold a cup for an elderly person to their seat, you know? Be part of that team. Maybe you're super like gifted with your connection skills, and, um, but for some reason you've been given roles that are in the background and it's all task-oriented. Um, use those tasks to build a sense of community in that team. You follow? Yeah? Anyways, think creatively. Think outside the box. Maybe God brought you to that ministry to somehow involve or focus on that particular person or people group that you're really passionate about. Okay. So some takeaways, some takeaways here in our closing time together. And this is something to talk about with the people that are around you, your partner. Um, What have I discovered about my unique spiritual giftedness? What have I discovered about my unique spiritual giftedness? And what will I do now to direct my spiritual gifts more effectively and more joyfully? So go ahead, take some time. Talk with a partner that's nearby. What have you discovered about your gifts, your unique sets? And what are you going to do now about that? To be beneficial on a scale of thumbs down to thumbs up, go ahead and just give me, how, how beneficial was this for you guys? Yeah? Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Glad to hear that. Um, do you feel like you discovered something today about yourself or maybe about the people around you? Do you feel like you discovered something? Yeah? Okay. You haven't talked to enough people? Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> if we had only had food afterwards, then we... <laughs> We've got tomatoes in the back. Praise the Lord for the garden club. <laughs> no, um... Oh, go ahead. That's right. <laughs> 2300 Den Helder Drive. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Good deal. Um, how many of you feel, not just like you discovered something, but you feel like you have a little bit more direction about maybe some next steps to take in being plugged into ministry? Does anybody feel like they, they have some next steps and direction there? Yeah? Good, good, good. Maybe it's not necessarily how you are going to get involved, or maybe, maybe it's how you're going to use your ministry more effectively. Uh, maybe you're a leader of a ministry. Um, um, a head elder, head deacon, head of some department, and you're thinking, okay, who has God put on my team, and how can we utilize those gifts, yeah? Um, Anyways, I hope you feel like you you have some next steps, who you can talk to, what ministries you can approach, um, what you might need to pray about, (laughs) um, or when you might act upon the desire that God has put on your heart. Maybe there's a ministry that you're just gearing up to start up. And uh, we want to be supportive of that. The Holy Spirit knows what he's up to. He assigns as he wills. Amen. Any questions before we wrap it up? Because uh, I think we're, we're moving right along. Any questions before we wrap it up? If you've got your profile, I'll be happy to... Post that on Facebook. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Sure, sure. Okay, great, great. <laughs> well, hey, let, let's pray together. I want to close with the season of prayer. This is, not, this is not just introspection and saying, who am I? This is who has God called and wired us to be, okay? Let's pray together. Father in heaven. We want to be a healthy church family where every member is valued and loved, thoroughly equipped, and joyfully involved in linking others to Christ. Lord, I pray that we would have a sense 
of what you are up to in our lives for the sake of being up to something through our lives. And I ask, Father, that um, if there are thoughts that are still churning in our, in our hearts and minds, that you would bring clarity to those things uh, in due time, that you might flash a scripture promise to us or bring to mind a Bible story or maybe there's an individual that just says a word in season to us that we actually need to hear. Father, I pray that you would hone and sharpen our spiritual giftedness, not for our sake, but for your sake, for the building up of the body of Christ until we come into the full measure of the stature of Christ. And so we thank you, Father, that this is your work. And so we're praying as a body, please fill us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.